Hello and welcome to PodRocket, the podcast brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. Try it free at LogRocket.com. My name's Chris and with us today is John Myers, dev developer advocate at Superbase. John, welcome back to PodRocket. Hey Chris, thanks for having me. John was on PodRocket back in 2022. Tell us about yourself and your role for those who may have missed that episode. As you said, my name is John Myers. I'm a developer advocate from Superbase. And so I dabble in a few things across the company, but focus mainly on content creation. And so I usually make lots of YouTube tutorials, egghead videos, blogs, things like that. But most of my examples are usually showing how to use Superbase with Next.js or Remix. That's my two web frameworks of choice. That's what I do. I use Superbase now and I love the product. A couple of weeks ago, it looks like you all had a launch week, like around April yeah. 10th through 14th. It looks like you actually launched quite a few things. So I kind of want to just run down through the list. Um, obviously, you're familiar with these, but for those that aren't, um, get ready for a load of information, really great features. So first, I want to talk about uh, the open source logging server. Can you tell us a little bit how that works? So firstly, launch week is like a crazy time at Superbase. We do it every like three or four months where we release a new feature every single day of the week. And so it ends up just being this crazy time where we're basically yelling on social media for a whole week and getting everyone very excited. And it's also just a very insane time internally at Superbase because usually things... I mean, they're, they're mostly ready, but there's definitely things that are being committed to as they go out the door, which is a lot of fun. The first day, the big focus was Superbase logs. Um, this was where we open sourced Logflare, which is what we use for logging at Superbase. So Logflare was a separate company that was acquired by Superbase a bit over a year ago, and it's used for all things logging at Superbase. So what we did was take that and open source it as its own separate package. So now you can run it as its own separate hosted thing anywhere you want. But probably the more exciting part is that it's now included in local development. And so you can run all of your queries and everything locally and get some really good debugging because anything you can solve locally doesn't go out to production. So that's a good thing. I also love the whole open source approach with everything. Super, super awesome to see and let you guys kind of prioritize that stuff. The next one is interesting. We have the um, Superbase Edge Runtime, self-hosted Dino functions. Seems like Edge is like all the rage right now. Can you tell us about what Edge functions are, um, how to self-host Edge functions, and just pretty much everything about them? Yeah, for sure. Edge functions are very exciting. That's something that I'm probably most excited about at the moment. And so edge functions are serverless functions that run at the edge. And so the edge is like a collection of CDN nodes distributed all over the world. And so the idea is that you're running the logic of your application as close as you possibly can to your user's geographical location. So this is probably why I'm most passionate about it, because I'm here in Melbourne, Australia, and it's very far away from US West and US East, which is where most of the internet is hosted. And so by having edge functions running closer to me, I can maybe go to Sydney or one of the other cities in Australia to get that response from the server rather than going all the way across to US East or US West. So edge functions just allow us to move as much computing as we can as close to users as possible. And so with us open sourcing the Superbase Edge Runtime, it allows you to run that Edge Runtime as its own separate package again, so you can host it anywhere. It's written in Rust, which is very, very fast, but we've packaged it up as a Docker image, so it can basically be hosted anywhere that Docker can. So I guess anywhere. And so alongside with the blog post and things that I'm sure we'll link to for each of these, we have put together a guide for how to self-host Dino functions using the Superbase Edge runtime on fly.io, which is very exciting. I'm curious, why Dino and what is the future of the Superbase Edge runtime? 
Dino is obviously incredibly fast. It's a great growing ecosystem. It's amazing all the cool stuff that they're building there and the community around it. It's also secure by default. And so obviously that's a big deal when you're dealing with databases and and people's data and things. Dino is an awesome choice, but the building the Superbase Edge runtime allows us to kind of replicate all of the cool stuff that's coming out of Dino. So things like they just recently launched Atomic KV storage, which is the best of both worlds of in-memory, really fast caching, and then like the power of databases and making things atomic without going too much into that. They're building lots of cool stuff. And so we can replicate all that cool stuff, but then we can also implement our own stuff on top of that. So we're not just restricted to what Dino is, is launching. So Superbase is just a collection of open source tools that wrap around a Postgres database. And so you have things like Postgres, which we're using as an API wrapper over your Postgres database. We have GoThrough, which is what we use for auth. We have S3, which is what we use for storage. You could use all of these things directly, but being in the Superbase ecosystem means that you get access to all of those other things. And so every part of that piece can know who the user is that's actually requesting this thing. So by having all of that tied together in the same ecosystem, it makes it much more powerful. And so that's why we are building our own edge runtime so that we can more closely integrate that into the Superbase ecosystem and make it even more awesome. Yeah, big fan of Dina. That's great. The next thing I want to talk about, which is I find super, super awesome, is for Superbase storage v3 of resumable uploads now with support up to 50 gigabytes, which is insane. Can you tell us like what resumable uploads are and then just discuss the features of storage v3? So resumable uploads allow you to resume an upload. And so this can be (laughs) the reason that you might want to do this is if you have like, say, bad internet or something like that. If your internet connection is choppy on a mobile device or something like that, resumable uploads allows you to continue uploading a file where you left off rather than needing to start from the beginning. Another example would be if a user like closes the browser window before an upload completes. That's another common use case. And so by implementing resumable uploads, we are able to pick back up where they left off. So if they were like 90% finished, they can just do that last 10%. And so this is possible because we've implemented TUS, which is an open source protocol for resumable uploads. This allows us to do multi-chunk file uploads, which also allows us to increase the size of the file uploads up to 50 gig. But it also means that multiple people can contribute to uploading a file. So one person could upload the first 20% and then someone else could take over uploading the next chunk of the file or the next series of chunks of the file. And so only one person will be able to upload each chunk successfully, but they can share that load, which is very cool. And so some of the new features in storage v3, um, more image transformation options. So we can now do quality filters, which is very cool. We now support WebP, which is something people have been asking for a lot. We've built a Next.js loader, so you can use Superbase storage directly with Next.js, which, yeah, makes all that stuff much easier. Pre-signed upload URLs are another big one that people have been asking for a long time. So previously, you could only do pre-signed download URLs, and so now you can make the upload process a lot more secure as well. And also just a lot more like size and file type limits over a bucket. And so, yeah, we have a lot more control over that again because it's in the Superbase ecosystem. For me, the pre-signed upload URLs is like a, a huge one for me. So that's awesome. So for the next feature I want to talk about, this is something I feel like many people use, uh, especially me, is the Superbase auth. So like single sign-on mobile um, server-side support. Can you talk about the new features of Superbase auth? 
auth is definitely one of the most highly used parts of Superbase. Turns out implementing auth on your own, not very simple. And uh, even if you do implement it yourself, having that confidence in what you've built versus what someone else has built. I don't know, maybe that's a bad attitude to just outsource all of the difficult stuff and just trust an external company rather than what you've built. But people tend to struggle with implementing their own auth. And so a lot of what we work on is by making a very good, very easy to use auth solution. And so one of the things that we've added to that is single sign-on using SAML 2.0. And so this allows us to build enterprise apps. And so you can build either an entire company enterprise app that you're actually giving out to consumers. But the probably more practical version is you can now build like cool internal tooling at work and use the security of single sign-on through your workplace. Yeah, that one's very exciting. We've also launched Pixie, which is a new protocol or PKCE is how you spell that, but it's pronounced Pixie apparently, which is a protocol for server-side authentication. And so this will allow us to greatly simplify doing like server rendered authentication, which is usually a bit of a sticking point when people first get started with Superbase or any kind of web framework that kind of mixes some client stuff and some server stuff, like all web frameworks at the moment. Another big one that we've launched is a native Apple login with iOS. So this is the first of many things that we're going to be building natively for mobile. But yeah, lots of exciting things coming to Superbase or, or just come to Superbase Auth. I think like just being able to just implement authentication within like less than an hour or so, at least for me in my case, using Superbase is just something I've always wanted. I think like for me personally, like or anyone that's been doing engineering for a while, no one wants to do Auth themselves. So when you have someone like Superbase or Firebase, what have you, being able to offload that to like experts, in my opinion, is just like a win. And the whole like native Apple login. Like I'm already using that. I think that's like, I actually didn't even know that was a new feature because I just came into it and I was like, oh, it's here. I'm going to use it. So that's that's amazing. Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket offers session replay, issue tracking, and product analytics to help you quickly surface and solve impactful issues affecting your user experience. With LogRocket, you can find and solve issues faster, improve conversion and adoption, and spend more time building a better product. So for the next thing I want to talk about, it looks like it has like quite a lot of things going on inside, uh, is Superbase Studio 2.0. There's a bunch of things in here, so you can kind of tell us about that. Yeah, so Superbase Studio wraps up a whole bunch of little kind of quality of life fixes and things that kind of small improvements to the dashboard or Superbase Studio, which is what you've used to manage your Superbase project. And so we've implemented a whole bunch of stuff to just make setting a value from another column from a related table more simple to do in the dashboard. But some of the bigger highlight features are we've implemented Superbase Clippy, which is our AI assistant. We have now embedded that in the Superbase projects themselves. And Superbase Clippy now knows about the structure of your database, not the data, obviously that would be not cool, but Superbase AI now knows about the structure of your tables and things in your database. So now you can ask Clippy questions and it can give you answers based on the actual structure of your database. So in the context of your actual Superbase project, it can give you answers to your questions, which is the first of many very cool AI things we're dabbling with at the moment. The other one is graphical, is another big thing that we have implemented into Base Studio 2.0. I don't think we talk about this enough, but there's actually a whole GraphQL server running alongside 
your Superbase instance. And it's auto-generating all of your type definitions and resolvers as the structure of your database changes. And so if you add a new table, it will automatically create the types and also the resolvers for that. And so one of the steps towards making that a little more well-known is we've embedded graphical into your Superbase project. And so you can introspect your schema and build out your queries and mutations, again, right from the context of your Superbase project. I actually did not know that. You're telling me that I can just actually use GraphQL queries to interact with my whole data layer? Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. I had no idea about that. That's amazing. Unfortunately, this is what the majority of people say. So we definitely need to change that. We've been doing a lot of like quiet work on this in the background and making sure it's really solid before talking about it too much publicly. But yeah, this is built on an extension that we actually built at Superbase. So this is another really cool thing about Superbase. You mentioned at the start having everything like open source by default. Something that I really enjoy about working at Superbase is that we tend to have a problem we need to solve. And then rather than just solving it internally and just being like, use Superbase and you can also solve this problem, we tend to break that out into its own open source package, or in this case, its own separate Postgres extension. And so PG GraphQL is an extension that you can install on any Postgres instance and get all of this GraphQL server auto-generated stuff for you. And then we just include that extension in your Superbase project to make it easy to use with Superbase. I think that's just an awesome attitude to open source and making sure everyone has access to all the cool tooling. One other thing that I saw on the list was Cascade Deletes. Was that something that's new with this whole launch week as well? Yeah, so Cascade Deletes have always been possible writing raw SQL, but that was another thing that we added to the Superbase Studio so that you can do that really easily in your dashboard. So let's say we have a collection of posts and then those posts are written by a user. And so if you delete that user, does it make sense for you to still have all of their posts? Cascade Deletes allows you to say, when I delete the user, I want to also delete all of their blog posts. And so rather than what's called orphaning rows or killing off the parents of the records, you can set up Cascade Deletes where you delete that parent record. You can also go and delete anything that references it. For me, I thought that was like a super great feature because adding my own test data with one click of a button, I can basically clean up all that data as I'm just iterating on my data model. And I thought that feature was just like a superpower. Um, so when I saw that kind of nestled into the menus, I was like, is this serious? And so then when I tried it and it worked, um, it completely blew me away. I really just wanted to just like bring that up because I thought that was just an experience I've never had with any other tools. And it can be quite painful to have to manually delete or manually write your own cascade stuff. Or when you go to delete something and it says, you can't delete that because there's all this other stuff that references it. It's really nice being able to set up those relationships properly so that you can say, if this thing doesn't exist, it doesn't make sense for these other things to exist. Super awesome DX for sure. Cool. Is there anything going on in the community that you're really excited about at the moment? PG Vector has been a massive thing. Uh, so this is a Postgres extension that's been built just for Postgres, but it allows vector types to be stored in Postgres as well as nearest neighbor search. If you're familiar with any AI stuff, that's about as much AI stuff as I'm familiar with. But basically this unlocks storing like chat GPT embeddings and can be used with other open AI packages to basically build your own applications on top of chat GPT. And so this is what we have used for building 
Superbase AI or, or Clippy, both in our documentation. So you can ask our documentation natural language questions and it can give you those resources. And as I mentioned before, that's now embedded in projects. And so you can ask your Superbase project about things that like how to write a row level security policy to lock down the post table, for example. And so, yeah, PG Vector is an awesome extension. Another thing that's very exciting that we've been working on with some of the stuff that has been developed at AWS, we have now launched DB Dev, which is a package manager for Postgres. So I guess this is similar to like NPM for Node, PIP for Python or Cargo for Rust. It just allows you to pull in packages in a much more friendly package manager environment. The coolest thing about this is that the extensions are called piglets because they're Postgres applets. And this is probably the thing that I'm most excited about is just the naming convention for what these extensions are called, because piglets are cute. <laughs> I feel like all the names I'm hearing like give me throwbacks because you said Clippy, and then you have Piglet, which I was like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Uh, so that's awesome. I mean, if you follow the Superbase uh, Twitter account, then you probably know we're pretty into memes and in-jokes and things. And so, yeah. I enjoy poking fun against uh, the Superbase account on the internet. It's it's pretty. <laughs> Whoever's running that, I'm assuming it's a it's a couple of you, but you all are good sports about everything. So it's it's a really good account to just like like your account amongst other bigger frameworks. Very lighthearted and easy to like. You're not you're not serious. You have a really good tone, so I really appreciate that. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with like your open source first kind of approach too. Um, so I just wanted to give you like that that shout out. Thanks. Definitely something that resonated with me before I joined the company as well is, uh, yeah, they were basically my favorite account to follow on Twitter. And so I, uh, yeah, why not join the company? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything else you want to cover on this episode? Anything you want to shout out in particular or anything that's top of mind? I guess just go and check out the Superbase YouTube channel. So this is probably where we're focusing most of our effort at the moment. So yeah, check it out for all things Superbase, Next.js, all the cool new things happening in Next.js. Uh, we're doing lots of Flutter content, Remix content, Svelte, Dino, all the things that are cool in the web. Go and check that out. And also check out my courses on egghead.io. Um, so all my courses on there are free. Um, there's one that goes through um, storing Superbase data at the edge. So all that edge function stuff we were talking about. There's a remix course on real-time chat applications. And I'm currently rewriting my SaaS course that I put out a bit over a year ago to take advantage of all the cool new things that have changed in Superbase and Stripe and take advantage of another feature which we haven't talked about, which is foreign data wrappers, which are a very cool way to basically query data outside of your Superbase database from your Superbase database. So kind of treat your customers in Stripe as if they were your customers in Superbase, which is a super cool feature and I want to show it off. So stay tuned for that. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the episode, John. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Chris. <laughs>